Hey guys, what is up? This is Yanis, and today I have here with me a really good friend of mine from here in Manchester, Tim Marston. He's an entrepreneur. He's a guy who is has like some amazing, unbelievable mindsets around business and life. And I had, you know, the honor and I'm super happy, you know, every time I go out there and we drink our coffee or tea, if you will, and we discuss. But this time I have him here with us on this podcast. So, Tim, without further ado, welcome. Thank you. Uh, what's your story, mate? Um, would you like to say a few things about that and who you are and what you do? No problem. So, I live in the, I've always lived in the northwest of England. I grew up in small towns. Um, I was an elect, I'm 42, just about to turn 43. So, for the first 15 years of my life, I was an electrician working in steelworks, building sites, factories, brutally tough job, hated it. In my early 20s, I, d- I was traveling around Australia. I took a year out to do the backpacking thing, discovered fire juggling, became obsessed and addicted to fire juggling, came back to the UK, started work back on the building sites and would come home at night and train. Trained every night for a few years, got quite good met some professional performers. They said I was good enough to make a living out of it. Did my first fully professional gig was for a a friend of mine who was a semi-professional juggler at the time. Uh, And he paid me £275, which was like a week's wages at the time for an electrician, for four minutes of juggling. Uh, And the client was, what's she called? Elle McPherson, who's a... A-list celebrity supermodel. Liz Hurley was there. Elton John was there. They they were inside this big mansion and all the kids came out and watched the fire show. So that was the moment I really decided I wanted to be a full-time professional fire juggler. Um, I didn't want to join the circus. I didn't want to wear silly costumes. I wanted to do it on my own terms. So I spoke to a friend who owned a web, who built websites for a local creative agency. She gave me a price of about three grand, which was an insane amount of money at the time for a website. This was, people hardly knew what SEO was. We're talking, you know, 10 years ago. Some people knew what SEO was, but it was a lot less prevalent than it was now. Um, so I got the website built, borrowed some money off my mum and dad, got the website built, and then just started working my ass off to turn it into a full-time business. Um, so I trained really hard because I wanted to be really, really, really good. In fact, I wanted to be the best in the world. I probably never got there, but I got close. Um, if whoever's watching this video, will share a link to my fire juggling videos in the Facebook group or wherever this gets shared so people get to see. Um, because I think, you know, there's an important lesson. Having a good quality product is important. It is for me anyway, because then you can charge plenty of money for it. So in a nutshell, I worked obsessively for years on being a very good juggler, technically, being a very good performer, which is different. Uh, Being able to do the skills in the gym is very different to being able to do the skills in front of people. You have to learn about health and safety, crowd control, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And also, I got this website built and I didn't know what to do. You know, it's um, the classic build it and they will come. Well, if you build a website, no one comes to it. So you've got to learn about marketing. So I learned about copywriting, which is writing sales text, not to be accused with legal copywriting. Um, I learned about SEO. I learned about paid traffic. I learned about email marketing. I studied these things obsessively, taught myself how to do them all. Within a few years, I was probably the biggest seller of high-quality fire shows in the UK. I was sending people across the world. I had a team of sort of 10 regular performers and another 20 or 30 less regular, so magicians, stilt walkers, fire performers. So we had hot girls to, like, that went on X Factor and then funny guys that would do kids' parties, different horses for courses. I learned about video production, images, you know, getting photo shoots, managing performers. A lot of performers are creative hippie types, so you've got to manage them. Sales, uh, it's always worth bearing in mind the difference between marketing and sales. Marketing is the attraction of interest, so lead generation, you might call it or think of it, and then sales is converting that. So usually I would get the people on the phone and they wouldn't have a clue what they were looking for. Oh, we're looking for a fire juggler or something. Okay, 
So then you've got to explain to them that it costs 500 quid for 20 minutes. Why does it cost so much? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's like £1,500 an hour. Yeah, but I've been training for free for 12 years. Learned all that stuff. Um, about four or five years ago, I'd had enough of that. I'd had enough of training. I'd had enough of performing. And I'd had enough of clients. And I'd had enough of being in places. So I would do two or three gigs a week and I would have to be in London one day, Scotland the next, back down to London the next. I'd have to be on time, smart, prepared. I'd have to do my show and then drive home in the middle of the night. I always, 90% of my shows were on my own. So I was always just grafting away on my own and I just got bored of it, man. I'd scratched the itch from a personal and from a professional level. I'd had enough, but there was no way I was going back on the building sites to be told what to do when I can have a cup of tea by some knobhead who isn't as intelligent as me. So I, um, I wanted to do something else and I had all these marketing skills. So I decided to get into what is known as internet marketing or IM for short. And that's basically just building websites or something like that to make money by selling either your own digital products or somebody else's products. And that was a really hard struggle for me. So that took about five years to get into any sense of profit. There's a lot of courses out there that are scams. Um, very famous gurus that I won't name, so I don't upset anybody. But if you think of all the big gurus in the internet marketing scene, most of them are con men because if the methods worked, why would they sell them? Um, they would just scale the, prod the methods, right? So I, I fell for some of those scams. But you learn bits and bobs, and then I figured out how to make some money, and then I figured out how to make good money. I cleared all my debt. I hadn't paid any tax, and you know I would borrowed money to invest in the business. I sold the juggling business. That's juggliniginferno.com, which is worth a look. We'll put a link to that in the description things as well. Um, I sold the juggling business four years ago, used that money to reinvest in the new business. I worked for a, as a fire performer for a couple more years and then I, I stopped performing fully two and a half years ago, sold my van, cancelled my insurance, got rid of all my kit. I just do it for fun every now and then. Um, but, I, but I fully make my money now from internet marketing. That's also up to current day. Okay. Yeah, pretty interesting. I didn't. I haven't seen you yet performing, so that's something I want to see. I'm really, really, really good, and I know it. I can't lie. I'm just really good. I worked very hard for 15 years. I trained my ass off. I would be outside. It would be raining because I didn't have a gym to train in at first. So for about the first seven years, I would train all year round northwest of England. We just get crappy winters, man. And I would literally be. I juggle really high in the air. And I'd be juggling like this and raindrops would be hitting my eyes. Kind of <laughs> I mean, it was just insane. And that was while working a 50, 60 hour week on building sites and then going and working at the business. What you know, was the thing that was pushing you to do that? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, there was a couple of things. One was an absolute hatred of being an electrician. I wasn't very good at it. I didn't take much pride in it. I just, I just did it because that's what I'd always done since I'd left school. There was a deep love of the art of fire performing. I fell totally and utterly in love with it. And to some extent, still am in love with it. But it's like an old girlfriend now. You know, it's, that magical obsession isn't still there. But there's a, you know... The, the juggling and the fire, they just made absolute sense to me. I don't believe in souls. I, I'm not a spiritual guy. But if in a past life I'd have been something related to fire, it would make sense. It was, there was just a very, very profound love of fire performing. That was a huge driver. Ego, I loved performing. I'm a big character. I think I'm one of the funniest people on the face of the planet, one of the best fire performers on the face of the planet. And, of course, if you believe those things, you want to show them off and um, solo fire shows where you rock up at a wedding in the northwest of England or all over England. When you go to a wedding, there's about 200 people and they're all drunk. And you're, you're saying, look, I'm the coolest, funniest guy here. And you're going to sit down, shut up and watch me for the next 20 minutes. You're going to clap when I tell you to clap and you're going to laugh when I tell you to laugh. 
And if you get it right, it's an absolute buzz. It's the closest I'll ever get to being a rock star or a premiership footballer. And when I was in love with fire juggling and performing, I wouldn't have swapped it for anything. I wouldn't have swapped it to be, you know, in Oasis or in the SBS or the anything, you know, any insane job that dudes want to do, professional weightlift or whatever. No, it, it, it was perfect for me. All right. So that's what drove me at first. Um, and then when I realized that I didn't want to fire juggling any more freedom, um, I want to be as free as I possibly can. I don't want someone to tell me when I have to go to work or when I can finish work. I don't someone, I've had jobs where I have asked to ask my boss if I can go to the toilet. I'm a grown man. That's just unacceptable to me. Uh, some people like having someone tell them what to do. I don't. Maybe I will have to have a job at some time and maybe I'll be happy in a job in the future, but freedom for me has always been it, up until now has been very important um so i've created a job where i i work really hard i still probably work as hard as anyone i know um but it's on my terms i get to choose when i work i get to choose what work i do i get to choose how i spend my money you know it, within the business um as much as possible is on me so there's a lot of freedom but the flip side of that, there's a lot of responsibility. I don't get any wages. I have to earn my money. I don't get sick days or holiday days. You know all this, right? You know, so there's pros and cons. But overall, so far, it's a really good fit for me. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Freedom is a big one for sure. And, you know, it's funny because most of the people I've been talking with, um, they keep repeating, repeating the same thing almost word by word. Freedom. Freedom, flexibility. I want to be free. Yeah. I want to, you know, do whatever I want, whenever I want it. And honestly, for me, that's another one as well. That's something I also agree. And yeah, it's a value, right? You know, we talk about values. Fre freedom isn't a goal; it's a value. You know, you live your life by valuing. The way I have lived my life, in hindsight, I can see I clearly put a lot of value on freedom. So none of us are totally free. We all have to have some responsibility. And, and the total absence of responsibility can be cowardice, right? It's just running away. But it's choosing responsibility on your own terms. Autonomy is another word. I want to be as autonomous as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand that. And that's a Greek word, by the way. Yeah, Greek said some good words, man, and some good thinkers. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you like the most about being an entrepreneur? So I, I, I've done freedom to death. So, but, but that's, that's number one. Um, but also something I really like for me, it's an integral and essential part of my growth, my personal growth as a man. Now, I'm totally cool with, for me, it's about just standing on my own two feet as a grown-up, as a man, just facing challenges day in, day out, dealing with the crap and hopefully reaping the rewards. And if it's difficult and it fails and I have to get a job, well, so be it. But at least I know I've always tried and I've been going 10 years now and I haven't had to get a job. Um, it, it's, it's, it's like it's who I am. And it's who I want to be and it's how I want to interact with the world. And it's, yeah, so, and the challenges you face, man, like, are just massive. And you've got no one really to turn to. You certainly haven't got a boss who can fix anything for you. So every challenge you go through, every difficult, the obstacle is the way, right? By being self-employed, you are just setting yourself up for a world of stress a world of hard work and a world of challenges. And for some weird reason, I wouldn't have it any other way. That's it. That's the second freedom and challenge and growth. You know? Yeah. But I guess like everyone, you know, it's not, you know, the path to, to success is not, so, it's not always rainbow and sunshine and, you know, unicorns. So, I'm pretty sure you already, you know, realized that, that it's a hard path and yeah. I'm very curious to see and learn what are you currently struggling with? What are the things that really troubles you? Um, I've currently involved in a monetization method with Google AdSense. 
that's proving unreliable. So I'm not making a stable income. Um, you know, one, one month I might make uh, nine grand total income. There's some expenses to come out of that and then tax. But still a significant profit for me at the end of it. Say six, seven grand profit. And then the next month I might make two grand profit. And that's just really stressful, man. Like, you know, and you can't plan your life around that. So I'm trying to diversify from that business model to more stable models of business. They probably won't be as lucrative, certainly for the first six months while I test and learn and make my mistakes, right? But they have the potential to be more stable and similarly lucrative in time. So let's say three-month goal, it'd be nice to be making a £1,000 from these new methods. 12-month goal to be making eight, nine grand a month turnover from them. Uh, if I can get good enough and work hard enough, that's one challenge. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I understand that. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. Another challenge. My motivation goes up and down. So sometimes I have to force myself to work and sometimes I have to force myself not to work. Um, <laughs> and at the minute, I'm probably, I think I've just come out of a phase where I've had low motivation, still get the work done, but it's a lot harder. And now I'm coming into a phase where I've got these exciting new things. Uh, I've just received some money. So I'm starting to scale a lot of tests and get uh, things rolling. So it's exciting. So yeah, motivation can be a, can be a challenge as well. Mm -hmm. Can you expand a little bit on motivation? So, um, I mean, how would you like, what's the reason why you're not feeling motivated? Is it like you just waste your time doing things that are not necessary or are you just don't want to work for stress? I I think some of it's just human nature, right? We get a bit bored and we get distracted. Um, one of the things that demotivates me is fear. If I get too scared, if I feel everything's going wrong and I'm going to fail, then I get like a rabbit in the headlights. So I'm like, oh, shit, 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 shit. And then it's really hard to work because you don't believe anything's worth working on because you don't believe anything's going to succeed. Um, Yeah, I would say that's the biggest sapper of motivation. Another one can be when things are going really well. <laughs> um, you know, I've had sort of three or four month rows where I've been making 10 grand a month for an hour's work a day, just maintaining things. And then you can get, you can get lazy and cocky and you can just think, ah, oh, everything's fine, I'm super clever, I can make money on autopilot. And you just get lazy and, and that saps your motivation as well. Um, so yeah, there's always something that's going to try and make you lazy. Humans default is to save energy because we used to, our brains are evolved to live in the, you know, tribes of hundred people where you've got to conserve energy because you don't know when your next meal is going to come. So you only use energy wisely. Whereas now we have no shortage of calorie, you know, calories or any of that. So Basically, I find that there's going to be a, a constant battle that will vary in intensity between you and the lazier part of you. There's the part of you that's got goals and ambitions, and there's the part of you that just want to watch Netflix or Facebook. And both parts are always going to exist, but you've just got to put as much focus on the goals as you can and not beat yourself up too much because we're all human, man, you know. So we all need a bit of time, just time wasting it. It's just part of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally understand. I agree on that. It's a big one. What is success for you, by the way? How do you define success? Principally in financial terms. If I'm making a profit, I'm success. If I'm paying all my bills and surviving, then I'm, then I'm successful enough. If I'm making a comfortable profit, then I'm more successful. If I'm then investing that profit in other projects, brilliant, you know. Um, with the fire juggling, I would define success differently. It was how good I was performing, how well my crowds responded, 
finance was part of it, but it was much more about self-expression, creativity, the quality of the product, because the product was me. The product was my 15 years passion, you know. So it was a deeply personal thing. But now, basically, for me, it's just about pound notes. I try to be as mercenary as possible. I just want the money uh, because this is just a financial venture. I'm not in this to make anyone's life better. I'm not in this to add meaning to myself. Um, maybe I will get into something more artistic or meaningful where I'm you know, helping people like you do or something like that. But for me right now, I just want to make money as easily and as, as much money as I can, as easy as I possibly can without breaking the law. That's my only. <laughs> yeah, please don't break the law, man. Yeah, but, you know, I don't, I, I'm not in it to, you know, I, I don't care about, I let the law dis- make the moral decisions for me. If it's legal, I'll do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I understand that. Cool. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And what do you think is, is the reason why you haven't yet made those uh, goals a reality? Why haven't you yet reached this success? So I've achieved every goal I've ever set in, in the business terms, the professional fire juggler, the business, selling the business, um, the online business. I don't have specific goals right now, like X amount per month or I have been drifting a bit. So, um, I would say the nearest thing I've got to a goal is I want to be making more money than I currently am. And um, that's because this new monetization, that the old monetization method with AdSense has stopped working as well, less lucrative, more, more unreliable. So my new goal, my next goal is to cover all my, I need like sort of 2000 pounds a month to live. So by early next year, I want to be making that £2,000 a month by these new methods that I'm going to try out. Yeah, okay. In my opinion, I think you, you should definitely write those things down and have them really well specifically you know, written down because the moment you put them on the paper, like everything changed. And the funny thing is that I was doing the same thing today, actually. I bought a new journal and I'm going to start doing some journaling. And I don't want to show exactly my goal but anyway uh, it's important writing down you know uh, how much money you want to make and trying to make it like having like smaller milestones around that you know journey and I think you know just waking up and just saying I will make more money and comparing at least with saying I will make that much amount of money can be a huge game changer and since i know you and i know your work ethic and i know who you are and what you know i'm pretty sure that any goal you set can become a reality as you've already done in your life but you know, it's good having something very clearly defined yeah i agree you know basically I, this interview has happened in a weird period because i've just taken a big financial hit from the adsense thing and then, you know, both emotionally and practically in the process of recovering. So I'm just like, well, I mean, the AdSense thing could recover. I could be back up to good money in a few months, but it may or may not. But I've got plan B and plan C. So it's all in that very early stages of what am I going to do? Whoa, crikey. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, specific goals will be written down and that will laser targeted focus. And that's what helps to motivate you on the days when you really just want to watch Netflix or whatever, you know, get shorties on or whatever box set. I'm currently trying not to watch obsessively. Um, having a good goal helps in the battle between lazy Tim and motivated goal-focused Tim. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's your old model? he or she can be alive or dead it doesn't really matter it's funny I, I wouldn't I probably do have role models without realising them um, I'll tell you one guy who I really like that's Charlie Munger he's um, Warren Buffett's business partner and he preaches uh, three 
core principles for how to think and be a better businessman. Um, Warren Buffett basically preaches these as well, but I've studied Charlie Munger quite deeply. Uh, The first one is lifelong education. So you should always be reading, studying and learning. The second one is extreme rationality. So no human being can ever be fully rational. We have um, cognitive biases, blind spots that we inherit as part of our DNA from our ancestors. Um, You can't reduce these completely and become totally rational. (laughs) I don't know what you're doing there. But what you can do is reduce the amount of effect they have on the way you run your business. So if you study rationality, cognitive biases, logical fallacies, critical analysis, if you study all of those things and raise your awareness of how they not only affect you, but how they affect your customers, how they affect your competitors, and how they affect the people that run the economy in general, things like the banking crisis that just happened, Greece going bust, Britain nearly going bust, America nearly going bust, You can understand how this stuff happened if you understand how people act irrationally and how when millions of people act irrationally at the same time, like the classic bubble, everyone feels like there's loads of money around. Everyone starts getting in debt because they feel rich. Boom, the bubble pops, the economy tanks, you get a credit crunch. That's the classic boom and bust. And if you can understand all that and you can rise yourself above it a little bit, you give yourself a significant advantage over the decades that you're going to be in business. And the third thing he preaches, which is absolutely brilliant, he's the, he's the first and most vocal person I've talked about this, is multidisciplinarianism. Multidisciplinarianism is the concept of studying as many, the basics of as many different academic and non-academic subjects as possible so you should have a good basic grasp of economics marketing sales evolutionary psychology psychology biology history doesn't really there are some core ones that are really obvious so any businessman should have a bit of an idea about economics and psychology and marketing but also evolutionary psychology because if you understand that then you just understand people better and if you understand people better then you know how to make more money it's just guaranteed so he, those three things are lifelong ed that Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger both practice and preach. Lifelong education, extreme rationality, and multidisciplinarianism. So I've done my best to apply those to my life, not in the same extent as Charlie Munger. That man is an absolute machine of thinking. If anyone wants to understand that, there's a book called Poor Charlie's Almanac by Charlie Munger. It's an expensive book, or you can listen to his speeches on YouTube. He's hard to get. I've shared that book with people, and they haven't understood it. That He just tells weird little stories and things. It's a bit like Jordan Peterson. There's layers beneath it. So you've got to let it sink in, and you've just got to read it and trust it. But that, that, book, that book changed the way I think as much as anything else, and it definitely helped me be a better businessman. No doubt about it. Perfect. All right, I will definitely check the book for sure. Um, what um, if, let's say, you know, I have my ways. So what if I can suddenly somehow bring you in touch with your role model? Yeah. What would you like to ask him? Or just tell him, it's up to you. First thing I do is say thank you very much for the book. Um, he didn't need to write it. The guy's a multi-billionaire. He wrote it to, to make the world a better place. All the money goes to charity. Um, sorry about that. Um, just going to shut my WhatsApp down. First thing I would say is congratulations. Uh, sorry, thank you very much for writing the book. I don't, yeah, I've, I've never thought about it, so I, I can't really think off the top of my head what I would ask him. Um, he's in his mid-90s now, man. He's something like 94, 95, still running one of the biggest companies in the world, majority shareholder in Coca-Cola, owns Gillette, Geico Insurance, Duracell Batteries, the list goes on and on. 
between the two of them, if you want to get into investing or business, studying those guys is just a great place to start. They are behemoths, two of the greatest businessmen and investment thinkers of all time. And they're still going and they're both, I think Warren Buffett's just about to hit 90 now. Remarkable guys. Yeah. yeah. But I can't think of what I would ask him. I, 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 would, I, would, be, I would be, I would be, I would be starting. Yeah, I would be a fanboy, man. I would. Blah, 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 blah. I'd probably make it embarrass myself because I, I, you know, I, I just like him a lot. He's really blunt, man. Like I appreciate people being honest, and and I also appreciate a sense of humour. If you watch him, there's loads of videos of him on YouTube, and he and he doesn't care who he offends, and he doesn't, and he loves to be funny, and he just says exactly what he thinks. And um, it's always worth a listen. He's got this insane brain. It's just, yeah, probably perhaps a little bit on the spectrum. I don't know, but a very bright guy. All right. You know what I'm going to do after this call? I'm going to go on YouTube and start watching the videos. Yeah. He's a crazy guy, man. He's really funny. All right. Cool, cool. Um, Any daily habits that you have that helps you stay more productive, more focused, or any kind of routine or... I'm really bad at that stuff. Um, I Because I've got, I think compared to a lot of people, even though I do struggle with motivation, a lot of people say that I am highly motivated. Most people find it hard to understand how I can work 12 hours a day in my bedroom. Often not, you know, if I'm really busy, I won't leave my house. I'll just work all day for a couple of days without speaking to anybody. And I can do that and I, I enjoy it. It's, 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 it's that challenge. It's that, Advent, that intellectual adventure of pitting my wits against the internet and Google and all that. Um, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask that question. I think the, the thing I struggled with the most in the last 10 or 12 years of being self-employed is, is looking after myself. Um, and now I try and take time off. I try and relax. I try and go for a walk. I try and go to the gym regularly. I try and hang out with book stuff in. So I've always got at least one thing a week where I'm just hanging out with my friends. So I don't have, yeah, actually the habits I've built are habits that allow me to relax. And in relaxing, I am better when I'm at work. Because I basically was a workaholic for the whole of my 30s. I just worked. I didn't have any hardly any holidays you know, 12 hour days, seven days a week. So the, the habits I've learned are ones that do help the business by making me take time off. So I've got a more sustainable work life, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. Because I think it's also one of the biggest things that, you know, entrepreneurs and people, I think in general struggle, they just work, 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 and they forget everything else. And that's something new that I started implementing from now. Like, I think it's like two months or something right now. So every Sunday, I just, you know, I promise to myself that no matter what, from the moment you wake up till the moment you go to sleep, you're not going to do anything, anything, anything regarding your business. Do walks, drink coffee, order a pizza, chill, watch Netflix. I don't care, but yeah. Take some, some time off because this will exactly as you said, and I really liked it. This will be then the driving force for you to, you know, recharge your batteries and go and conquer your your upcoming week. That's a big one. One of the when I used to do gigs, when I was drive gigs is a, a word for like shows. When I was doing um, gigs, performing up and down the country, I would spend a lot of hours in my van on my own. And basically, I was mainly focusing on driving and not dying in my van. Um, but a part of my brain would be able to think in a way that it wouldn't if I was at home on my computer. And I've now learned the same. I, if I'm stuck with a problem, a technical problem, sometimes the right thing to do is to just grind it out and headbutt the wall until you put a hole in it and you crack the problem. But other times, for me, the best thing to do is just down tools, go for a walk. We've got beautiful canals in Manchester. Just go for a walk around the canals. I don't want to be in the gym when I'm like this because 
the gym's, I'm really intense in the gym. I just want nice, relaxing stuff where I'm not thinking about anything. And then often, very often, when I take that time off, the part of my brain that was the same part that runs when I'm driving a van, it's almost, it's on the edge of my consciousness, starts to solve the problem and ideas just pop into my head. And then I go home and I've, I've either fixed the problem or I haven't, but at least I feel a little bit better and I try again with a fresh, with a fresh approach. Sometimes just, I'm a fan of the grinds, man, but sometimes you've got to stop and walk away and that benefits the business. That downtime allows you to think in a better way. It gives you a new perspective, inspiration, charges your energy, all sorts of things, which if you'd have told me this five years ago, I would have just laughed at you and just said, you're just lazy, you should just work harder, stop being a pussy, all that. Now, in hindsight, um, having, you know, 10, 10 years, balls deep, been working my ass off, I understand that it's more health. It's not just healthier for me as a person, it's healthier for my business to get out of the, get out of my office, get away from the desk and just chill out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. And yeah, let's see how this can change. And I hope that that's one of my wishes for entrepreneurs to realize that life, it's not only about working and making money, of course, it is the most important thing in your business. But other than that, you have to also realize that you're responsible for the body you're carrying, you know, for, for your life, for your relationships, for your friendships. What about those things? So yeah, really good intake over here. Thanks for that. Um, I'm a great inventor, as you know, and I've been building a machine that can time travel. And I can time travel you back to when you are, um, let's say, 20 years old. Yeah. What would your advice be to the young team? What would you say, suggest and advise him? Oh, man, like, so 20, you picked an interesting time. When, if I went back to me when I was 20 years old, I would say stop drinking too much, stop doing drugs, um, stop partying too hard, stop being an idiot um, because you deserve to have a happy life and partying won't give you the life that you deserve. But from a business, because I was crazy when I was younger, that was the one part of the story that I forgot. In my early teens, I was just, you know, really depressed and self-medicated through just partying really hard, very messy, very self-destructive. It taught me a lot about life, but I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Um, What would I tell myself as a younger man? Um, Yeah, I I think I would have encouraged myself. I would definitely encourage myself to get into entrepreneurship in one form or another, to stand on your own two feet and to dedicate a large amount of time to work. We've got this time, right? What are you going to do with it? It's either going to be uh, a hobby that means a lot to you, or it's going to be a job that means a lot to you, or it's going to be your loved ones. They're good things, or you can spend it drinking or, you know, obsessively chasing girls all the time. Or this, I just, you know, find productive, meaningful things to do with your life. And not only will those meaningful things be meaningful, you will also grow as a human being because of the challenges that you face as you move on that path towards a more meaningful life. Beautiful. Beautiful. There's definitely a touch of Jordan Peterson in there, by the way. I can't lie. (laughs) Um, What about an advice for the people watching this video? That's my last question. So, are we talking to entrepreneurs? Yep. Great. (sighs) (laughs) Um, First one, it's going to be really, really, really hard. Don't listen to anyone that tells you it's going to be easy. You're going to make a thousand pounds a day for 15 minutes' work. Don't listen to any of that because in my experience, it's always hard and that's a good thing. If it was easy, everyone would do it. It wouldn't be as worthwhile. Um, You can work on making it as easy as possible for yourself and I would definitely encourage that and I can talk more about that 
but I would I would just accept the fact that it's going to be difficult and train yourself to like and appreciate the difficulty. Love the grind. You've got to love the grind. It's like a, a lot of people lift in the gym now and so they'll understand to get gains in the gym, whether you want bigger muscles or you want to burn fat or you want to get stronger, you've got to find that painful place. If you don't work hard in the gym, you don't get any results, whether it be athletic or aesthetic. And in business, you've got to work hard and you've got to love it because it's going to be years and years and years. Um, so accept that and train yourself to appreciate and enjoy the grind. Romanticize the grind. Um, thrive on the grind because that is what will get you where you want to go. Might not necessarily be a straight A to B path, but the grind is an essential part of success. You know, for the vast majority of people, some people get overnight successes, but it, you know, they win the lottery or they're busking and then they just suddenly they're being toured all around the world. But for the majority of us, most of the time, we have to work. You don't think Warren Buffett and Mark Zuckerberg and all these people just work their asses off. Um, so, so one thing is to learn to love the grind. Another is to spend time studying and thinking how to make your work as effective and efficacious as possible. So you want it to basically be really efficient. Now, this is a lot easier to do in hindsight. I can look at all the silly things I did where I wasted money on the wrong courses or I believed that it was going to be easier than it was or I dodged the hard work and went for an easier route because I was scared of the hard work or scared of the learning involved. It's hard to know that as you're going through the process. But if you could spend a few minutes each day or each week thinking, am I doing anything stupid? Am I cutting corners that are hurting my business or my future learning ability? Um, what could I be doing to make the 12 hours a day or four hours a day after work, however many hours you can spare, what can I do to make that as efficient as possible? Am I listening to mentors because they care about me and they offer really good advice or because they're selling a pipe dream and buying that pipe dream of easy money, you know, the four hour work week and all that horse shit, you know, um, by believing that stuff, am I making life ultimately harder for myself by not accepting the cold hard reality? And this is a part of extreme rationality, right? Part of being rational is accepting the world and you for exactly what you are. So, Trying to spending a bit of time trying to be efficient. The reason I say this is when I worked really hard on my internet business for a long time, I wasn't as efficient as I sh as I could have been. Um, I wasted a lot of time. Um, another thing I would say, another point: don't be scared of failure, man. I've had lots of failures. It's just part of it. You might go bust and end up living on your mum and dad's sofa or, you know, and yeah, you, you might feel humiliated and you might even feel ashamed of yourself for that. But man, I'd shake your hand any day of the week and I'd take, you know, I'd take you out for a pint and talk about your next business. No problem. I know how that feels. I've never had complete failure, but I've been close and I've had lots of ideas that didn't work. I've wasted money. I've made stupid mistakes. I've made the same stupid mistake more than once. Um, it, you just, you're just you going to screw up. You're going to make stupid mistakes. The, the less time and energy you can put into worrying about that, the better. You've got to accept that stuff and go forward. Obviously, you've got to try and do everything in the most intelligent way you can. Another one, um, I would start a journal of everything, you know, I have a journal next to me on my desk all day, every day, and I will use that for practical stuff and personal stuff. So let's say I notice that I'm feeling scared about, oh, 
I've got this new piece of software that I need to learn, but I'm just on Facebook because I'm scared that I can't learn the, the, the software. And if I can't learn the software, I'll make, give that some meaning as though that means I'm not a good person or I'm not intelligent enough or that I'm never going to make any more money. Um, so I'll just write all that down and, 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 you know, especially if you're on your own, man, it can be really lonely. So the more you learn about yourself, that's better. And also what you learn about business, five minutes at the end of the day, or oh, learned a bit of coding today was really difficult, but HTML, once you get your head around it, isn't as complicated as you think. Just keep a journal, track it, you know. You know, I don't read mine back, but just that thing of putting stuff down on paper, um, it's kind of coaching yourself. Seek good advice and mentors. Um, you know, you've got to invest in, let's say you go into internet marketing, you've got to learn some technical skills, and the easiest way to do that is to get someone to teach you that's got a good, that's got good courses or shares good knowledge. Um, you need to, you know, there's, there is really good, there are some scams out there, but there's also some really cool people who really care and offer win-win opportunities. And I've had some great mentors and coaches over the years and um, I've mentored people as well. Um, save for your tax. When you start making profit, put some money away for your tax. And I, I, I've, this is the first year I've got my tax bill. I'm three months, January, I pay my tax. I owe the tax man 10 grand and I've got it in the bank now and I'm very proud of myself because that's the first year in 10 years that I haven't had to, you know, put my tax bill on my credit card or something ridiculous like that. Save. As soon as you start making profit, put some away for tax. It's just got to be done. I'm sure there's loads more. How does that go for now? But you know, it's it's great. I was like, uh, what I cannot find the word. Uh, I was drawn, like into what you were saying. Uh, yeah, like nothing. I think you just dropped the mic. So to finish, the last thing I would say: if you feel you can do stuff better than the people around you at work. If you have a brilliant idea that it excites you to think about turning into a reality. If you want to stand on your own two feet and see if you've got what it takes. If you like the idea of being your own boss, making your own money, choosing your own hours, then I think you should go for it, man, because being an entrepreneur, being self-employed in whatever whatever scale from me, like a small guy just on my own in my, you know, in my bedroom working away to running a big business, it's awesome. It's really cool, man. You'll learn so much about life. You'll learn about practical things. You'll learn about personal things. You will get a level of freedom, self-responsibility and self-awareness that I don't think you can get up in any other way. It's certainly one of the best ways to grow as a human being. If you thrive on challenge, if you want to be a better person, just get stuck in, man. Don't let fear stop you. It's, it's really easy to say that, but it's harder to do it. Fear of failure, fear of your parents being pissed off because you did a degree in you know, medicine and now you want to set up a website business in something totally unrelated. These are all perfectly natural fears. Um, but if you can accept those fears and do it anyway, that's, that, that's the challenge we're talking about. A lot of it is an internal thing. It's like a mythical adventure. Um, it's a beautiful thing. And um, if you go for it, tag me on Facebook and we'll, we'll have a chat about it. Amazing. Thank, thank you so much for the value, bro. Can people find you? Uh, Facebook or mail or what's the best way for them if they uh, have a question? Yeah, or... I'm easy to find on Facebook. My name's Tim Marston, M-A-R-S-T-O-N. If anyone watches this and they want to hit me up on PMs, feel free. Um, I'm sure this will be shared in one of your or one or more of your Facebook groups and all that. So wherever this video gets shared, you can contact me there. Um, if there's any specific questions about the video, best place to do it is in the groups. I'm more than happy to ask any questions, including direct questions about internet marketing. A lot of people are very attracted to the idea of making money with nothing more than a laptop 
and a Wi-Fi connection because it gives an insane amount of freedom. I don't travel a lot because, to be honest, I'm a bit lazy and I like having my own bathroom that isn't, you know, I just don't like hostels and traveling and planes. I'm just an old fart, really, you know. But I, um, I could travel anywhere in the world with my business and that was done very specifically for that level of freedom. So the the internet marketing niche, for want of a better phrase, that type of business is understandably very popular and attractive to a lot of people. That makes it very competitive. Um, that is what fuels the con artists to sell get-rich-quick schemes. Um, but with, you know, with the competition's fine. We need competition. That's a good thing. Um, putting the comment on one side to get rich quick schemes. There is no get rich quick. It's just impossible unless you win the lottery, and that's a mug's game because no one wins it. Well, one person a week wins it. Um, it's about hard graft, study, making mistakes, doing the grind. Um, but yeah, very happy to chat to anyone about that stuff, man. I, as you can probably tell, I'm really passionate about it. And uh, anyone that you're helping, I'm more than happy to help, man. Perfect. All right, guys, thank you very much for watching this episode. And I'll see you again with another guest in the next episode. All right, have a good one and hope you enjoyed this video. Let us know in the comments below what was your biggest takeaway. And yeah, keep grinding, but also make sure to enjoy all the little small things of life. Stop and smell the roses. That's what we say in England. That's the saying. What do you say? How do you say? Stop and smell the roses. I literally do this. If there's a rose bush in a park or in a garden, go and smell the rose. Let that hit of nature just waft into your nose and enjoy it. Just enjoy the moment. Loved it. So yeah, stop and smell the roses. Indeed. Take care, guys. Thank you.